Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Oh, yeah. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. You know, everything, George, I don't know what's this. Like, the level of rage is growing, bro. Like, that parade stuff, it started off like, ah, it's a good idea. Let's have a party, smoke a lot of weed. And, like, that's what LeBron's thinking. Like, yeah, let's just have a party and stuff. But now I'm like, nah, just stop it, all right? Let's let's worry about winning a title again, all right? Um, Let's worry. Now, now I'm just raging. Like, this is just eating me inside right now. But... I'm going to calm down about this because I've got other issues. Like, I'm going to calm down. Uh, I'm not suppressing this. It's a pile of crap, and I'm going to scream from the rooftop forever about this. I will. But, Kurtz, there's going to be a lot of time for me to do it. Like, they're not even playing yet. You know what I'm saying? They're not even like, they haven't come to terms yet. So, like, it's going to be a lot of time for me to rail about this, man. But I'm dead serious. It's a dark day for baseball, in my opinion. And... This stuff about hitters can't hit, pitchers can't hit, it's a pile of crap, too. Almost every pitcher in Major League Baseball was a two-way guy in, in high school and in college, even. All right? Like, all of them, George. You know that Clayton Kershaw could hit as a kid in high school? You know, oh, I hit 107. Oh, you know what I mean? No. You think Bum, you tell, you, so you tell me Zach Greinke can't hit? Zach Greinke can hit better than, like, 25% of the, the hitters can. Right? It's because the teams don't want them to. Well, we pay you too much money, so, you know, we can't have you running the bases and trying to, you know, get a hit or anything. Just go up there and don't do anything. And the same jackasses, and that's why these teams never win, same jackasses. No, you know what? Yeah, you got runners on first and second with nobody out, but let's just all have everybody swing for the fences, George, because we're not paying you $40 million to lay a bunt down and actually win a damn baseball game or a title. That's why the Dodgers lost to the Braves. The Braves played small ball. The Braves played smart ball. The Dodgers, dude, they're not in that eighth inning, whatever the hell it was. There's even Mookie Betts, swing and a miss, swing and a miss, swing and a miss, swing and a miss. Like, it's like, dude. You know, we made a free grade. Sandy Koufax. Who was that pitcher on the Braves? Who was that guy? Whatever the hell his name was. The guy who saved her ass all the time. You know, the guy who wore the hat. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, this guy was like Sandy Koufax. Yeah, it's easy to be Sandy Koufax when your other team just swings at everything. You as a Yankee fan should know what I'm talking about. You guys do the same thing. You're even worse at that, and that's why you suck too. One of the worst, uh, uh, one of the worst comments I heard a baseball player make that uh, – pissed me off was uh, Mark Teixeira when he was with the Yankees. And uh, this is back when the, the shift wasn't as popular, but it would, uh, they would shift on him all the time. And uh, people used to ask him, why don't you just hit the ball the other way? You know, take the single. <laughs> and, he just, and he said just what you just said. Oh, they don't pay me to do that. They pay me to hit home runs. <sighs> and the first thing that went through my mind is, no. No, we don't. We pay you to pay win you to baseball win. games. Yes, yes. They pay yes. you to win games. All right, I understand ninth inning, eighth inning, you're down by a run. Fine. Go try and hit a home run. But, you know, in the fourth inning, if you're leading off, get take the single. Take the damn single and start a rally. You know, two outs, nobody on base, fine. Go for the home run. I don't have an issue with that. But, you know, it's the third inning, fourth inning, whatever, fifth inning, sixth inning. 
start a rally. And it just infuriated me. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. I feel bad for Kurtz. He's on the East Coast right now. I don't know about you, Kurtz, but my heart's like starting to beat fast. I'm like starting to like. I'm really. I never thought it's the day. Who would have thought the day after? I didn't plan this. That's the beautiful thing about this show. The day after, day after the Super Bowl, we're talking NFL draft. We got Russ Baxter joining us in a couple of minutes. Gonna talk more football, but I'm actually like flipping out right now about this DH stuff. I'm like, my, I got veins. I'm watching on the screen right now, just foaming at the mouth, man. I got rabies, and now I got you fired up, George, about the Yankees sucking. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, dude, the Dodgers. Dude, the Dodgers used to lose the World Series all the time. To, you know, to, to, it wasn't the garbage cans. It did help. Whatever. The cheating was a little thing, but whatever. It's not the Dodgers or Angels. Everybody cheated. Exactly. Yankees so, cheated. Red Sox yes, cheated. Yes, 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 yes. It's the yes, degree yes. of cheating. That's the only thing that's different, the degree. Yes. And I guess the, the, they, were, they were very brash about it. The garbage they were cans better at it. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody had to hear them doing this. Wow. Yes, yes. And the people just thought, what the hell? Like, these guys really? Like, I don't like. Listen, half the guys on the Astros didn't like it either. And I'm not talking about for ethical purposes. They were like, dude, like, don't hit that thing. It bothers me. <laughs> They're like, a lot of guys, right, were like, I don't like it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be. It concentration. Exactly. You're to a noggin. That's yeah, you're trying to concentrate on a pet. You got some jackass buzzing you. I don't know. I'll do it with the buzzer. <laughs> Oh, he definitely had a buzzer, too. I didn't want, my wife doesn't want me taking my shirt off. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Find a better excuse. Uh, so, the Dodgers lost, if you remember, to the Red Sox. I can't even keep up. To the Red Sox, to, to, to the Astros, blah, 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 blah. To, to everybody. Because they always swung for the fences. They were actually more situational hitting when they won. Last year, they went back to it. Swinging for the fences and it didn't work, right? So I, I'm just saying, I I hate this. I hate where we're going with baseball with this. I wasn't planning on going on a I baseball rage, but I agree with you. I don't know. It's just it is what the it is. The better. modern era. It was better. It's all gone, man. It's gone. Like like I said, like no more no more hit and runs, no more double steals. There'll never be any double switches. You don't have to. Major League Baseball, brought to you by the Alcoholics of America, where if you're a drunk, don't worry. We can employ you as a Major League Baseball manager. Thanks, George. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The Late Night Anger. 
Anger Management Class, post-Super Bowl 56. Let's do this thing, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. We're breaking it down with one of our favorite guests, Russ Baxter, steps up in it. Bax Football Guru on Twitter, NFL writer and historian, at Fansided, at NFL Spin Zone, at Full Press NFL. You get it. He's everywhere, including here, Russell S. Baxter. Russ, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, as always. Oh, my, my pleasure. So, an entertaining Super Bowl, uh, intriguing, uh, kind of picked up uh, where the playoffs left off these last couple of weeks. We had so many blowouts in the first round, Gabe. Um, and then everything was, a, you know, for the most part, was a field goal game unless you were the Chiefs and the Bills and it was an overtime, you know, thriller and so on. So, um, I think fans probably got their, uh, their money's worth. And that the game yesterday had a little bit of everything. Um you know, trying to, you know, it's funny, is trying to figure out who the MVP was by the end of the evening uh, was probably a little tougher than usual. I had Cooper Cup, so I'm glad the voters decided to go with Cooper Cup, and I cashed a plus 550, Russ. But I legitimately thought as the game was going on, and I get it, Cooper Cup, you know, the touchdown at the end was sort of, I guess, the icing on the cake. But let me ask you, if you were voting, would you have given it to Aaron Donald? Because I think you can make a legitimate argument that Aaron Donald could have gotten the MVP. Yeah, I, listen, I mean, but before the before the game on Sunday, I picked the Rams by three, 26-23, and I actually picked Von Miller as my uh, MVP. That was before the game, not after the game. Um, to me, what cement, and, and listen, Aaron Donald took control. They, you know, they got seven sacks of Burrow, which ties the Super Bowl record and so on. But I think to me, what put the difference for Cup, for the guy who caught more passes than anybody in the league this year, was actually a run. It was that fourth down run that he got the first down. So he did it, you know, Debo Samuel-esque, okay? He caught two touchdown passes. He got a, 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 a big fourth down conversion and so on. So th- that was the difference. I mean, listen, you know, you don't get that many defensive MVPs. You certainly don't get that many wide receivers, um, even though this was actually the second time in four years Julian Edelman won it back in Super Bowl 53. But uh, it kind of epitomized the night. I mean, you know as well as I do, most of the time it's the quarterback. Uh, I think the two interceptions by Stafford, one wasn't his fault, so um, the other one was kind of a – you know, almost a semi-Hail Mary that he threw into the end zone. It was a great play uh, by the Bengals' defensive back and so on. But um, it, it, without those picks, maybe it's Stafford. But I thought it, it's actually what makes my point. Everybody at one time or the other contributed. Um, and, and it wasn't like the Bengals played bad, but it, it just here's what it goes to show you. You can have the greatest quarterbacks. You can have the greatest receivers. If you're not solid in the trenches, you're in for a lot of trouble. And the mismatch of the afternoon was the front seven of the Rams against the Bengals offensive line. And that was the matchup that was discussed the most coming in uh, to the game. And it almost seemed like, you know, not low-hanging fruit, but yes, we get it. They have an advantage. Yet it blew up in the third quarter, right? That, you know, five sacks in the third quarter. uh, The Rams defensive line just took over. But I just want to backtrack uh, before we continue in in that direction. Something you said, this game really did have everything. It had big plays, but it was also a defensive-orientated game, right? It was, it really was like, I don't know, like, like six games within one game almost. And then when Odell got hurt, it changed the complexion of the game even more. The Rams offense stalled. You know, it was, it was looking like, oh, boy, it's a track meet. Here we go. And then suddenly the Rams offense stalled. And how about this, Russ? I mean, I don't need to tell you, but for people tuning in right now, no team's ever won the Super Bowl before by averaging less than two yards a rush. Right. If you tell somebody before the game, listen, we're going to average less than two yards a rush. We're going to be in a lot of trouble. Rams average 1.9 yards per rush. First winning team in Super Bowl history to average under two yards. Uh, before this, Russ, um, there had been four teams that had averaged under two yards per carry in the Super Bowl. They all lost the Super Bowl. You know, it's funny you said that because if I remember right, the last time the Rams won the Super Bowl, or the only other previous time when they were the St. Louis Rams, I believe their rushing line. Now you said the two yards thing, right? When they yeah, beat two the yards, Titans, yeah. yeah. When they beat the Titans in Super Bowl thirty-four, Gabe, they had thirteen carries for twenty-eight yards, which is just a smidge over two. <laughs> barely, just barely over. Thirty <laughs> yards per carry. But here is the thing: I think that, and actually, I was surprised I didn't hear it more yesterday. Okay, the Ram- the Bengals were actually 
rated higher in rushing defense than the Rams this year. The Rams were sixth. The Bengals were fifth. And that had a lot to do with, you know, they went out and got D.J. Reader last year. But he only played, and he's a, it was a big run stopper for the Texans. And the Bengals paid him a lot of money, which they don't usually do. They got B.J. Hall this year. Um, they got Trey Hendrickson, who changed the mentality of that defensive line. So I wasn't super – and the Rams were not a great running team this year. You know, I know Cam Akers was hurt. They went out and got Sony Michelle, but they, they were not a great running team. They were, you know, they were ranked uh, 25th in the league in rushing. So that wasn't so much the surprise and so on. They, they to me, the reason the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, besides Burrow and Chase and offense, was they went out and addressed their defensive line the last two years. Now they need to do the same thing uh, with their offensive line. Um, but it, it was such an ebb and flow game. You know, for me, the game of the game, the OBJ injury was in, you know, a good point and so on. I thought the complexion of the game changed when the Rams missed that extra point. And, and we saw how big it was at the end. You know, it's amazing, Russ, that you yes, say that. Very much. Imagine it. Yes. Yeah, they make that, let's say they make the extra point, and I know it's sort of like Star Trek, right? You know, when one little thing changes and the entire history changes, but it is true. So let's just say hypothetically, they don't miss this ex- that extra point, and they don't need the touchdown. Maybe we end up in overtime, Russ, right? They, maybe they only, oh, we need a field goal. A lot of things could have went differently. What's the one thing that you say, all right, that was the turning point late? Like, did you have a problem with the penalties late? Did you, what did you think of the calls late in the football game? Well, I thought that was a lot. 15-play, 79-yard drive by the Rams. I just think the Bengals, by that time in the game, defensively were a little worn down, okay? And then it becomes a a case of where you're, you know, reaching and grabbing and so on. And, um, no, I didn't have a penalty with it. I I, I didn't think anything was, like, super ticky-tacky or anything like that. Um, You know, you had the the offsetting penalties at one instance where the Rams looked like they had taken the lead. Uh, and then, of course, they went, you went back to Coop uh, to Cup later and so on. But, no, I, I just think the Rams wound up getting the ball, I think, with like six minutes and change, okay? Um, they're down by four. It was the ideal situation for them in, their, in terms of driving the field and so on. They had plenty of time, and yet at the same time could milk the clock a little bit. And it worked out for them very, very well. And, again, that pass rush by the, you know, you could see early in the game, Gabe, how fast that Joe Burrow was getting rid of the ball to, you know, to Joe Mixon and, and the outside people and so on, even before the pass rush took place. So, you know, I was waiting for us to see a Super Bowl record in terms of sacks once the, once the Rams got going there. Well, I did cash that ticket, Russ, over five and a half sacks in the game. I was like, and you know what's funny? When I took the, the prop, I actually thought, you know what, Cincinnati will be able to get to Stafford as well. I thought, you know, I thought they'd be able to get to Stafford as well. So, Russ, we're up against it. Um, I just want to get before we get out, of, get out of here. And on the other side, I'll throw a couple other questions at you here. But you're the historian. What a rough ride for, like, a long time. Older Cincinnati Bengal fans. Three Super Bowl losses, Russ. They're always right there at the end. Combined uh, 12-point differential in the three Super Bowl losses. All of them are very similar, aren't they? Like, they're always, they always have the lead. Before it was Montana. And uh, this time it was Stafford and the Rams that come back on them. Well, the first time they played, which was the Niners up in the Silverdome and so on there, I think they were down 20, 20 to nothing at halftime and so on and kind of rallied, and the score looked better than it was. We know, you know, Joe Montana, Roger Craig, Jerry Rice driving the field in Super Bowl 23. Yeah, the John Candy story. John, John Taylor with 34 <laughs> seconds left. Uh, who was it? Lewis Phillips, who dropped in the, uh, a Montana interception that could have sealed it for him. And yeah, so there were definitely similarities here. I think what the Bengals need to do is they have to stop playing teams from the NFC West in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. And they need to get some offensive linemen as well. More of Russ Baxter on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. 
Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Monday Night Meltdown continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moretz. We're throwing it down with one of our favorite football guests, Russell S. Baxter, Baxter Football Guru, on Twitter. Follow him online to get all the links to all of his great articles, facts, and uh, everything else in between. We have the NFL Draft uh, coming up uh, next. we got Rick Saratello from the NFL Draft Bible. SI.com will join us a little bit later on in the evening. So, uh, Russ, I wanted to ask you, we were talking about what the Bengals needed to do, and you said they need to stop playing teams from, from the NFC West in the Super Bowl, and they're also going to have to do something about the offensive line. Um, there was a lot of talk coming into to last year's draft about, all right, you know, do, do you go with Sewell? Do you go with the offensive lineman yeah. to, to, protect, uh, to, to protect Joe, or do you go with his college teammate and Jamar Chase? So we saw they put the numbers up. We're not going back in time and saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. They're not getting to the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase. But it's, it's, it's evident right now. There's a problem here. And Bill Polian was on with Adam Schefter earlier today on uh, Schefter's podcast. And I 100 million percent agree with this take. And I want your opinion on it. He said Burrow's great, but if the Bengals aren't careful, he's going to be the next Andrew Luck. He's just going to be too beat up, and he's you know you, it's going to you're not going to get what you can from this guy. I think that was a good take uh, right there. They got to do something. This kid can't get sacked as much as he does like this, and and not just you can't win football games like this, but he's going to get hurt, bro. There's only so many times he can go under the knife. Not everybody's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Well, and that's exactly what happened last year. The offensive line was a concern last year um, when he was a rookie and what he lasted 10 games and got hurt in Washington. And that's the reason he was the comeback player of the year because he was able to overcome that. But how many times can you do that? You're exactly right. So, and so this is the area they need to address and be it free agency, be the draft, uh, you know, be it both. And so, you know, we saw the Buffalo Bills do this. Okay, they went out and, and, you know, via free agency, their offensive line was really troubled. Um, You know, they drafted the, and this was Doug Whaley and then Brandon Bean and so on. They went out and signed Mitch Morse, the center away from the Chiefs. They went out and got John Feliciano. They went out and got, uh, this is just over a span of a couple years, Darrell Williams from the Panthers. They drafted Deion Dawkins. And they rebuilt the offensive line, which is what they really need to do. Because Josh, remember when Josh Allen came into the league, okay, um, and his rookie year in 2018, he was running the football like he does now. But the difference was back then, Gabe, that Josh Allen was running for his life, okay? Now he's adapted and become a good running quarterback. But that first year in the league, he surprised people, but he was also escaping, because the offensive line was so bad. You, you just don't get it done without having those guys up front and so on. I thought the Rams did a good job. And they had, you know, they had some injuries. Uh, and having Andrew Whitworth, which had to be so bizarre for him and so on, play, actually playing the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But, yeah. Um, and, and how do you always listen? Sewell, you're right. You know, they didn't take him. But they wound up at the Offensive Rookie of the Year in Jay. So, you know, maybe they felt like they could wait and so on. I think the Bengals were... The well, they did make it to the Super Bowl, right? It's not like it failed. They made it to the Super Bowl. Right? They won their first playoff game. So you can go back and second-guess it any way you want, and I'm sure everybody does and so on. But you're right. They're not there without Jamar Chase. They don't beat the Chiefs 
uh, without Jamar. They beat the Chiefs twice, okay? So they don't beat him without the Jamar Chase and so on. So you can't fix everything in one year. And, you know, the Bengals were down. You know, it, it, it's so funny. They were a playoff team for five straight years, and then they were a bad team for five straight years. Uh, and then Zach Taylor only won six games his first two years in the league um, as the head coach of the Bengals and so on. And then all of a sudden they do what they did this year. Was And, and, and I never forget this. The Bengals won two road playoff games this year. They had never won a road playoff game in the history of the franchise. They were 0-7. So, I mean, that's road games. That's not including neutral site games, which obviously they had dropped two Super Bowls and so on. So they came a long way fast, but um, now they need to go back and plug some things and so on. I think they feel good about their defensive line, offensive line. And, and listen, is there going to be somebody out there free agency-wise? They, remember, a couple years ago, they were addressing the offensive line. Jonah Williams, uh, you know, who, who plays for them now and so on. They had Billy King, um, and some of their draft choices panned out, and some of them didn't. So it's back to the drawing board for them and so on. But now they have that Super Bowl experience under their belt, and that will pay off for them down the road. Russ Baxter joining us on Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gable Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Russ, you know, you've been covering the National Football League for a long time, so I don't need to tell you this, but we all know it's, it's a 365 operation. It's 24-7, 365, and this year is going to be busier than most years. I mean, the draft is going to be off the hook in Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be the biggest production uh, that the NFL has ever put on as far as the draft is concerned, and that's saying something because we've seen some pretty big productions uh, over the years. But, man, there's just so much uh, There's just so much going on behind the scenes right now, specifically with the quarterbacks. And let's start off with Carson Wentz. Uh, let's start off with Carson Wentz. So the Indianapolis Colts are on the hook for $22 million on uh, on March 18th, and there are various reports that they're not really down with giving him $22 million. Is this? Do you think that Carson Wentz will be their quarterback next year? That they're going to say, "Listen, we'll we'll, we'll release you if you will, we got to renegotiate a deal here," or do you think they just see, you know what, this is not our guy right now? Because we're talking about the Bengals in our offensive line. You have a pretty good football team with the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're missing you know, a couple of pieces here and there, but they've got to get this quarterback situation settled, don't they, Russ? They can't, you know, from Rivers to Wentz, they're on this year-to-year thing all the time. I think the rest of the team deserves better. What's your take on this? Well, listen, I understand why they brought in Carson Wentz, and he did cut back on his turnovers this year. He was back with a familiar face with Frank Wright. Um, unfortunately for Carson Wentz, when he did turn over the football, it was at really crucial times. So you look at the final numbers, like, oh, he was improved in terms of taking care of the football. But some of his turnovers really cost them directly and so on. It would only be fitting that the, that the Colts go in a different direction at quarterback. Um, Chris Ballard took over as GM in 2017, Gabe. Okay? Um, this was, this is 17, 18, 19, 20. This was the fifth time in five years that the Indianapolis Colts, under the Chris Ballard regime, opened the season with a different quarterback. That's insane. They've had five different opening day starters since 2017, and if Wentz doesn't return, it'll be six. And he does such a great job at the draft table. They're they're kind of a, a stable. I like he's a great GM, but Reich is a quarterback as well. He was a quarterback, as we all know. Mm-hmm. It's almost, I, I got to tell you, it's almost a Denverish thing going on here now, isn't it? Like, they just, they can't yeah, get I, this right. Yeah, but Denver, but Denver my, my goodness, Denver has certainly gone through their share as well. <laughs> I mean, when it gets to the point of the Browns, okay, who I, I believe when Baker Mayfield took over, he was their 30th different starter since 1999. And, and you're around the Browns. You follow the Browns closely. What about Baker? Is this his last year there? Like, what about Baker? Well, I want to see Baker Mayfield healthy, okay? Baker Mayfield, what did he play with, a torn labrum, um, a shoulder injury and so on, and maybe probably to his detriment playing that way. Um, I want to see the Browns also be a little more consistent on defense, games. You know, 
they went out and, and made a lot of off-season additions last yeah. year. Too it's much talent, John you're right, to not to be better. Troy Hill and Jadavian Clowney and Anthony Walker and so on. And I watched him go to New England and give up 45 points. That's not Baker Mayfield. I watched him lose a 47-42 game to the Chargers. Okay, that's not Baker Mayfield. So um, they, to me, they were the biggest disappointment in the league this year because they looked like they had something going there and so on. And I think Kevin, everybody deserves a blame when you have that kind of a season where you, you, know, you win a playoff game for the first time, uh, you know, since 1994, you make the playoffs for the first time since 2002, and you wind up finishing eight and nine. So um, I, I would be surprised if Baker Mayfield moved on. But, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. The combination of some of the things that happened this past year, like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, starting, banged up again, and yet Trey Lance working in the wings. Whatever up with Russell Wilson. Who knows with Aaron Rodgers? Although I think they, I'd be stunned if he moved on as well. But, you know, Pittsburgh. You got the Sean Watson situation, too, Russ. Sort of jump right. in, but even you got Deshaun Watson. Right, which has been total limbo. Nobody knows what's really going on with that and so on. So, yeah, it is going to be a really intriguing offseason with the quarterbacks, but of course, we've had nine head coaching changes this year, which was the most since 2009. And, you know, from what you heard the last couple of days, is Sean McVay really considering doing something different and so on? I, I don't know. It just seems like that kind of got thrown out there and so on. But I, you know, nothing surprises you, but again, you have to wait and see what happens and so on. But Things change really rapidly. It is. This is, you know, this is now we're about to enter the 30th year of free agency as we know it, which began in 1993. And this has become, you know, to me, it's not even 24-7. It's more like 25-8. <laughs> That's well said. Russ Baxter, Bax football guru on, uh, on Twitter. So we, we're up against it right now. We didn't even get into the Kyler Murray uh, situation. And the Super Bowl's in Arizona next year. I mean, we saw Tampa win last year. The Rams win this year. The roster is there. Arizona sort of had this all-in mentality, and it seems to be unraveling right now uh, behind the scenes. But we'll get into that into the future. Russ, we'll definitely talk uh, sooner rather than later. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us tonight. March 16th begins the new fiscal year for the league. It's going to be an interesting four weeks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Come with me and Wally to the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. My favorite team's in it. The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they're good, but I wouldn't cut out the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I hear that President Clinton is going to be watching with his wife. 
Hillary. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi, the principal player, the hustlers, the people of Boston. I think our boy Matthias in the booth likes that just because he's hoping the Atlanta Falcons get back to the Super Bowl. Hey, it could happen, right? Uh, could, no one thought since had Bengals going to the Super Bowl uh, this year. So we're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 159 and Money or 1090 ESPN Radio, Sports Map, Sports Byline. Shout out to all of our affiliates, Armed Forces Radio Network. DeMar DeRozan, he did it. Uh, we bet on him to do it, but he did it. Uh, his prop was 31.5 points tonight. DeMar DeRozan had scored 30 or more in six straight games. Actually, I think it was 35, like he's been killing it. But as far as the, the record was concerned, only Michael Jordan had scored 30 or more in seven straight games with the Bulls. And DeMar just did it. An incredible, an incredible accomplishment by DeMar DeRozan, somebody that's always been one of my favorite players. I actually flew. Uh, I flew like around, uh, I flew like you know, hundreds of miles. Or I don't even know where I was. I flew from New York. Newark, Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I flew from Newark to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan's first game back as a Raptor. All right, I was one of the few people. I love Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi's always been one of my favorite players until he put a knife in the Raptors' back, but poetic justice has uh, been served. Poetic justice has been served. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, I've been a massive DeMar DeRozan fan, so I'm happy for his success. And it's funny because people used to bitch he doesn't take three-point shots. Well, why would he? He never misses. So, DeMar DeRozan, uh, over the last six games right now, 40 points. 38 points, 35, 36, 38, uh, 45. But it's the field goal shooting percentage that's just off the hook. All right, so it's the longest streak of 35 uh, points more on uh, on 50% shooting in Bulls history. MJ never even did it. There's like, so whatever. They're, they're twisting all these stats in to turn it into like a bunch of different records for him. But long story short, DeMar DeRozan's on fire. So is DeJounte Murray. So is DeMonte DeJounte Murray. This kid's a badass. His last five games, 58 assists, seven turnovers. Dear God. Uh, dear God. But even that, we, we can go on and on. And you know what? We did not cash. We did not cash any DeJounte Murray props. We did cash with, uh, tonight we hit the DeMar DeRozan over. We hit Vucevic over. We hit both of those. Tune in at 6 o'clock Eastern. We give our NBA props. The Raptor game did us in tonight, man. Siakam got hurt, left the game, came back, still nearly got his prop, but he didn't. The Raptors, man, they were they were just flat, man. They were flatter than the state of Iowa, all right? It just it is what it is tonight. They just got smashed. But Josh Giddy, I want to talk about, let's get Giddy with it. His point total tonight was 14 and a half. Shh, don't tell anybody it's a secret. But it's always 14 and a half with this kid. Right, but the thing is, they're not adjusting. I don't know. The media talks about him, but he's on Oklahoma City, so it doesn't really resonate with people because people uh, with the theme of the night, people are stupid. So this Josh Giddy kid, he's amazing. Like he's 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 past amazing. But it's funny, like the media will pick and choose. Like this kid is putting up better numbers than Luka Doncic is. Uh, at, a, at a break net, like, you know what I mean? We talked about it last week. He was the youngest player ever to get to 500 points, 200 and 200, like 200 rebounds, 200 assists. Yeah, he was like the, you know, the quickest to do it, like since LeBron James type thing. It's over the top. I get it. He's on a bad team. He's getting opportunities, but I don't care. A lot of guys are on bad teams that don't put this stuff up, man. And, yeah, he's on a bad team, so how the hell is he getting all these assists, too? So when he had 28, 11, and 12, youngest player in NBA history to record a 20-point triple-double, a triple-double in consecutive games, and a triple-double versus the Knicks. Oh, yeah, by the way, he doesn't turn 20 until October. It's because he's not American, right? He's Australian, so it's not, not the, you know what I mean? He doesn't get that. I don't know. It's weird, like they pick and choose. I don't know. Luca's just a badass, but even when Luca, Luca sort of got the, the star treatment coming into the league. But, man, this Giddy dude, unbelievable, man. Like, there, well, let's get in a little bit deeper here. So, uh, Giddy had a, uh, a triple-double with a career-high 28 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds. 19 years old from Australia, 11-22 from the field. Three uh, three three-pointers uh, tonight. 
Giddy becomes the youngest player in NBA history. Let me repeat that. There's been some pretty good players in NBA history. Right? I know a lot of people think it started with LeBron, but the league existed before LeBron. And, and I shocking, it even existed. Oh, Michael, Michael. It existed before Jordan. Nobody. He became the youngest player. Like, the youngest player in NBA history with back-to-back triple-doubles. All right? He had 11, uh, 11 points, 10 assists, and 12 rebounds on Saturday. All right? Per Elias Sports Bureau, Josh Giddey becomes the youngest player in NBA history to log back-to-back triple-doubles. He's 19 years old in 127 days. Luka Doncic did it at 20 years old and uh, 26 days. In 2019, Magic Johnson uh, did it at 20 years old and 178 days in 1980. Luka Doncic, because he's a badass, did it twice <laughs> in 2019. I uh, did it again um, at 20 years old, 248 days. And uh, Antoine Walker, Antoine Walker, somewhat surprising to see his name on this list, somewhat Antoine Walker, 1997, 20 years old, 249 days. Let's hope things turn out better for Giddy than they did for him. But, wow. Giddy also became the first teenager in NBA history with a triple-double at Madison Square Garden. He's only the third player all-time with with a triple-double in his Madison Square Garden debut, joining Chuck Person. Man, I love Chuck. Pacers, man, he he was cool. Magic Johnson. Like you see, you see where we're going with this. Like, man, Giddy's name, man. Like every every seems like after every game, it's like yeah, Giddy's the first player since like LeBron. He's the first player since Magic to do this. Like, man, some crazy stuff. But I want to take a step back and let let's get grumpy and ragey again here for a second. I'm bitching about traditionalists and stuff. There's got to be something going on here, right? In the NBA, as in nobody plays defense. <laughs> like, like, cause come on, man. Everybody's putting up like record numbers every night. Like, you know, if you look at the NBA stat line, it's like, wow, this guy's just killing it. This guy's killing it. Like, are these guys all like the greatest players ever played the game? I don't think so. But I'm not going to take anything away from this giddy kid. Unbelievable. Like I said, I want to talk about him because, you know, he plays for, um, since he plays for the Thunder, he's going to kind of fly under the radar. Josh Giddy had his eighth 10 assist game. Breaking a tie with Luka Doncic for the third most such games by a teenager in NBA history. Only LeBron James, 11. Stephon Marbury, 9 have had more. So he's at 8 right now. So in other words, so look, like we, we talk about like, you know, Luka getting all this love. You know, Giddy doesn't get to see, you know what I mean? Maybe it will start now. I almost hope it doesn't for prop purposes. But, I, you know, here's another one. Like I said, here's just another record. So eight times he's done this, LeBron did it 11 times. That's the record as a, as a teenager. You're telling me, the, I, I, guarantee, I don't want to guarantee it, kid. I, I don't want to put the curse on him, the Morency black cloud uh, on this kid. But you got to believe, bro, if he's doing this every night, he's gonna, he's gonna, if he's already at eight, he's going to get more than 11. We're not at the all-star break yet. We're not at the all-star break yet. Only LeBron James, Stephon Marbury have had more. Like, this is like a serious, some serious accomplishments, man, that this kid is doing here right now. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. And let's uh, take this into the parking lot right now and park the car. How do we not take him right now at plus 1,400 to be rookie of the year? I'm looking at the rookie of the year here. What am I missing with Evan Mobley? I like Evan Mobley. We liked Evan Mobley coming out of the draft. We liked him going into the draft. Like liked him at USC. We like Evan Mobley. But, like, he's minus 350 right now. And I'm telling you, man, with these awards, especially the NBA, people change all the time, man. Remember earlier, oh, how does Steph Curry not win? Now Embiid is plus 145, uh, Curry is plus 750. Right? These numbers can change. If Giddy, and the thing is, too, Gilgis Alexander's out. Now Dort is out. Like, the more these guys are out, the more shots, the more this. And even if these guys are there, it doesn't really matter because he's still going to get the rebounds. He's still going to get the assists. He's still going to do his thing. I think at 14-1, to it's a good bet. 
at the number. I think it's worth a little flyer at 14 to 1. These numbers change, man. Like these, it's not like standings. Nothing is set in stone with this stuff. Like the media, like if this dude, I just rattled off his accomplishments. All right, like it, the, the media will not be able to ignore this, and I get it. I get it. Mobley, Mobley's putting up nice numbers, and the Cavs are winning games and stuff, and he's on a bad team. But if he keeps on putting triple doubles up like this, and he keeps on breaking like LeBron records and Magic Johnson and Luka records, how the hell do you not give him Rookie of the Year? Because that's the whole thing. Mobley's on a good team. You got other good players around. You're like, I, you know, to me, like I said. Uh, at 14 to 1, I think this is definitely worth a look right now, and I am going to play it. We're going to have to show some patience and wait for this thing, but we did okay with the Major League Baseball Awards. I didn't play any of the NFL honor stuff. You know, they had the big show the other night. But I am interested in value here like this at 14 to 1. And I talked about this earlier as well, in which I, I think it was on game time decisions. I got confused with times. When, when's this? What, what, what show are we on? What time is it? What time zone are we in? But um, the NFL draft, right? The NFL draft's not all that far off, actually. So, as far as betting purposes is concerned, you don't have to wait that long, right? So, what? We're in we're mid February right now, March, and then boom, it's the end of April. It's, it's the end of April. So, what? It's not, it's not all that far off. We spoke with Rick Saratella earlier. I'm telling you right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this. I'm telling you right now, like FanDuel has this up. If you can find it, and I know it's one thing I don't like talking about props and stuff that not everybody can get. I don't like excluding people. I'm a man of the people. I don't like excluding people. I'm dead serious. Like sometimes, like I'll see something or that, and it's like, well, whatever, man. Only it's only a few books, and people can't bet that, or that's it. That's you know whatever. One of those places overseas, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I want to, I talk about stuff that everyone can get their sink their teeth into, right? That's why we don't do the national anthem crap and all some of this fringe shit stuff, you know what I mean? All that other stuff, you know what I mean? So, Kenny Pickett, uh, Kenny Pickett plus 175. Like I said, I used to bet some of that national anthem stuff. It's always a headache, man. (laughs) It's always, it's always a headache. It's like, oh, yeah, like, did they add a word or what was the real time? Oh, no, she didn't start singing until this or that. So Kenny Pickett is plus 175 to be the first quarterback selected. Malik Willis, plus 200 to be the first quarterback selected. I'm telling you right now, Sam Howell is not the first quarterback selected. Matt Corral will not be the first quarterback selected. Desmond Ritter will not be the first quarterback selected. You take Pickett and Willis, you're guaranteeing yourself a profit. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Late Night Anger Management class, this is Sports Rage. All right, just to wrap up this Josh Giddy talk here. And listen, I'm not promising you Josh Giddy's going to win Rookie of the Year, getting giddy with it, but I'm telling you to bet on his props. But the thing is with, with, with Giddy here, and my point is about, you know, you look at uh, Joel Embiid right now. All right, so Embiid, and remember, 
Dude, I swear to God, I'm getting a flashback right now with Teddy. I remember Teddy Covers, like, you know, I don't know, it's like two months ago, a month and a half ago. And he said, well, how could it not be Curry? I said, well, Embiid's killing it. I think Embiid was the one at 14-1 at the time. I swear to God, man, we could check the tapes on this. And so if you look at like this, yeah, Embiid's kicking ass and stuff. So whatever, man. Now he's got Hart in there to screw it up. Embiid's also always, every guy goes down all the time, man. All right? He's always, like, you know, they could use Embiid as, like, the mop to, like, you know, mop up the floor when they're sweating water. You know what I mean? The guy's always, like, he's always, oh, is he hurt? Is he hurt? Is he hurt? Is he hurt? In one of these deals. So I'm just saying, if you bet on a favorite to win, like, a season award, especially at this time of the year, I don't mind jumping in late and say, you know what I mean? All right, there's three weeks left in the season. This guy's going to win the award. We know he's going to win. It's only minus 150, all right? Something like that, I don't mind. But... And B right now, we're not even at the All-Star break. He's plus 145. All right. Jo- Nikolai Jokic is plus 370. The Greek, Giannis, they're not going to give it to Giannis. Giannis has already won enough and stuff, things. So, even Jokic have already given it to. So, in other words, they you know, this thing's still wide open. So, like, do you trust that Embiid's not going to get hurt? Right? Like, you, you know what I mean? So, it's one of these deals. So, if you're betting, I got screwed like this with Derrick Henry. I was like, how is Derrick Henry knocking out the most rushing yards in the NFL? I was like, he he will. And this was even in season I took it. He got hurt like two weeks later. He got hurt like two weeks later. So if you're betting these season awards at this time, you want to be taking somebody with longer odds that has a chance to win, and you don't hope for injuries above because you never hope for injury on anyone, but injuries happen. Right, we've only got 10 seconds, so no Olympic picks. Follow me on Twitter at SportsRage. I'll post some overnight ice hockey. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.